Before there were such things as GPS and cell phones, if you were driving and you got lost, what did you do? You'd pull over at a gas station or a convenience store and ask directions, right? Or maybe you wouldn't. My wife, Tracy, she thinks there's a gender difference at play here, and she's usually right about these things, but I'd love to get a show of hands. Who among us really doesn't like to ask for directions? It's not as gendered as I thought, but some of us would rather muddle around saying to ourselves and anybody else in the car, I can figure it out, or we're not lost. I'm just directionally challenged right now. <laughs> I am definitely someone who doesn't like to stop and ask for directions. I don't like to acknowledge to anybody else that I'm lost. It took me a while to understand why, but I sense now is because it feels like weakness. It feels like a place of vulnerability for me, which may sound silly to some of you who are more practically minded. Just stop and ask. Why do you care what anybody else thinks? Those of you who don't suffer from this particular affliction, but there are other things and situations that make you feel vulnerable, right? This pandemic that we've been living through for the last year and a half, hasn't that made each of us feel more vulnerable? Is there anyone among us who hasn't felt more vulnerable? We've had to learn new ways of living, taking precautions and going through steps in order to do simple things like go to grocery shopping or meet with a friend. And even now, I wonder how many times a day are we quietly asking ourselves, is it safe? Can I do this? Should I do this? The pandemic has shown us in a number of ways how vulnerable we are as individuals and as a society, which is why we made our worship theme for October the way of vulnerability. Because most of us 
want to avoid being vulnerable as much as we can, right? We're taught from an early age to be independent and self-reliant. We're told things like, big kids don't cry, and never let them see you sweat. It can feel risky and scary to be vulnerable, like you've lost control, like you've lost your way. And if we look back a little further, I think we would realize that even before the pandemic, we were living in a time of heated and even hateful rhetoric in our country, a time when lots of people were feeling threatened, feeling uneasy, feeling worried about where things were going. From climate change to the struggle for racial justice and equity in our country, if we had, if there was such a thing as a vulnerability index, I would guess that it has been pretty high for a while now. We want to fix things, don't we? As people, we want to leave the world better than we found it, right? About a month ago, I preached a sermon about how doing simple chores like pulling weeds and washing dishes was helping to ground me and calm me in what has felt to me like anxious times. I mentioned a former minister who loved washing dishes because he said it was this thing he could control, that on his kitchen counter and in the sink, he had this process where he could bring order out of chaos. One place in his life that he could do that. And we each need some of this, don't we? We each need ways to find peace in our lives whatever it is that is a balm to our hearts and souls. And I hope that being part of this church helps you with that. So I'm going to keep on seeking out and getting out and doing those little tasks that bring me peace and joy, pulling weeds and washing dishes and getting out under the big sky. And I hope and I trust that you will too, because we need to be as strong-souled as we can, especially in these days. So do not neglect, please, what you need to do to feel more at home in your body and in our world, especially these days. But you also know that as much as we might wish it otherwise, there is so much that is beyond our control. Bad things just happen. And sometimes there's a temptation to tune out that which makes us scared or uncomfortable. And there is real wisdom in knowing in that moment how much you can take. In our fast-paced and hyper-connected world, it makes sense to do some filtering, right? to turn off the news and the internet sometimes. Because no one, no one can take in all the noise that's out there, nor should you. 
But that doesn't mean checking out or sleepwalking through your days. The invitation is to stay awake to life, to stay engaged and open-hearted, to keep on caring, even when things are hard, especially when things are hard or you're scared or your heart's been broken. At the start of the service, I quoted the writer and minister Frederick Buechner. Here's part of what he wrote. Here is the world. Beautiful and terrible things will happen. Don't be afraid. This is what he says the grace of God is like. And this is the kind of heart and soul that I am trying to cultivate and that I expect you are too. And it takes some effort, you know, this inner work. It may not come naturally, and it's worth it. So I'm especially grateful to the guides that show up, that sometimes seem to magically appear when we need them, like the poet David White, who in the middle of the pandemic, I did a online gathering with for several Sunday afternoons, and it was a blessed thing to just be on a Zoom call with him and hear him talking about how he was getting through and what riches he had to share. So let's hear a few of his words about vulnerability again. Vulnerability is not a weakness, a passing indisposition, or something we can arrange to do without. Vulnerability is not a choice. Vulnerability is the underlying, ever-present, and abiding undercurrent of our natural state. To run from vulnerability is to run from the essence of our nature. The attempt to be invulnerable is the vain attempt to become something we are not, and most especially to close off our understanding of the grief of others. More seriously, in refusing our vulnerability, we refuse the help needed at every turn of our existence and immobilize the essential, tidal, and conversational foundations of our identity. But I like that illusion that I am in control. Anybody else? And yes, it is an illusion that catches us up short at a regular interval, in my experience. And if nothing else, these past 18 months, they have shown us that, that we are not in control. And I wonder if we might be able to see this as an unexpected gift that helps us to acknowledge and embrace the fact that we are vulnerable because we're human, that it is part of the essence of our nature. So we might as well try to embrace that reality. Though I have to say, I think it is also part of the essence of our nature to want to seek control and sureness in this changeable and uncertain world. So what do we do? 
the philosopher Franz Kafka spoke to this struggle when he wrote, you can hold yourself back from the sufferings of the world. That is something you are free to do and it accords with your nature. But perhaps this very holding back is the one suffering that you could avoid. There is this invitation to a deeper and more engaged life, and it travels down the way of vulnerability. And it is why we are here, isn't it? Why we are here being human in this time and why we are here in this congregation to be seeking after what is true and real and not turning away when things get painful or unpleasant. Because this is the way of a deeper, more connected, more committed, more joyful life, which is what we want, right? Let's hear a little bit of David White once more. The only choice we have as we mature is how we inhabit our vulnerability, how we become larger and more courageous and more compassionate through our intimacy with disappearance. Our choice is to inhabit vulnerability as generous citizens of loss, robustly and fully, or conversely, as misers and complainers, reluctant and fearful, always at the gates of existence, but never bravely and completely attempting to enter, never wanting to risk ourselves, never walking fully through that door. A few nights ago, I had a dream. I was standing back here at our church's back door, just about to cross over the threshold. And I felt in my dream this grip of fear and panic. It was so strong that it woke me up from my sleep with a start and my heart was pounding. In the dream, there was like this voice that was shouting, don't go in there, it's not safe. And so I woke up trembling I fell back asleep, but I remembered it vividly the next morning. And I was thinking about it, and at first I thought the dream must be about the challenge that we're facing of coming back to so many things after all these months of separation. Anybody else feeling a little bit of worry or anxiety about that? Do I go or do I not? But I was fortunate to have a conversation with my wife, Tracy, that morning, and she's really good at working with dreams. And she helped me to see this in a deeper way. She lifted up that image of threshold, and she reminded me of a song by Van Morrison called, I'm a Dweller on the Threshold. I won't try to sing that for you now either. And looking at those song lyrics, which she brought up on her phone, it made me wonder, 
If what I'm really fearing is what David White calls standing at the gates of existence, but never bravely and completely attempting to enter. Standing at the gates of existence, but never bravely and completely attempting to enter. Because I am wanting to cross over into a deeper way of being. But this also makes me afraid because it involves surrender, which sounds like a vulnerable thing to do, at least to me. I'm a dweller on the threshold, Van Morrison sang, and I'm waiting at the door, and I'm standing in the darkness. I don't want to wait no more. My spiritual companions, this month will you join me in opening yourselves up to these vulnerable places, wherever they are for you, which is also how we will touch the depths and the heights of life, which is why we are here, isn't it? Maybe it's not safe to come in here if you don't want to be changed, if you don't want to have your heart pried open and expanded, if you don't want to laugh and cry, if you don't want to be called to give your hands to struggle. And so I ask, are you ready to take the risk of passing through that door that leads to liberation and connection and a more abundant life? Can you trust that as you cross over that threshold, you will sense that you are surrounded by a great and wondrous mystery and that you have these companions on the way and you have this life you have been given and you have this grand invitation to open the door that is before you, to cross over the threshold, to put yourself in the way of that amazing grace that is just there, that is just here waiting for us and longing for us and that reminds us in Fred Beekner's words, here is the world. Beautiful and terrible things will happen. Do not be afraid. I am with you. Now and forever. Amen.